Welcome to the Popular Pig Podcast, a convenient place where you can stay up to date on what's popular in the swine industry. By listening to Popular Pig, you will receive invaluable information on the latest trends, news, and research from various experts who guide the global pork industry. Popular Pig is brought to you by Swine Tech, the award-winning creators of SmartGuard and PigFlow. To learn how PigFlow can help you streamline your workforce and reduce piglet and sow deaths, visit swinetechnologies.com. Popular Pig is also made possible by the National Pork Board, Intervention, Crystal Spring, Johnsonville Foods, High Pork Genetics, Minitube, Brenneman Pork, Fibro Animal Health, Swine Robotics, Innovative Heating, and PigEquipment.com. Brought to you by American Resources. Welcome to the Popular Pig Podcast. My name is Matthew Rota, your host for today's episode. Today, we're joined by Dr. Mike Tokash to talk about nutritional, genetic, and management strategies to influence mortality after weaning. How are you doing today, Mike? Doing great, Matthew. Thanks. Excited to talk about this with you today. Uh, Before we hop into everything, we've had you on as a guest before, but if you could do a brief introduction of yourself and your background and what you do today, that would be awesome. Sure. I'm a swine nutritionist at Kansas State University, and uh, I grew up on a diversified livestock operation in North Dakota. And we had pigs and, and cattle and, and and small grains operation, and so it came up with a fairly traditional background. Um, but then after I got my master's and PhD in swine nutrition, I started here at K-State, and I've been on faculty here for a little over 30 years. And so I really enjoy working with the graduate students and trying to help producers solve some of the difficult questions that they have. Awesome. Well, before we get kicked off today, I'm going to do some rapid fire questions with you so people get to know you a little better. The first one's probably going to be an easy grand slam for you, but what D1 college do you root for for athletics? Well, of course, Kansas State University. <laughs> that's, What's your, <laughs> that's an easy one. What's your go-to karaoke song? Oh, boy. Friends in low places. <laughs> what, what, or what is your favorite actor or actress? Oh, uh, Probably Clint Eastwood uh, or uh, Matthew McConaughey are the two two I like. Yeah. What's your favorite food? Favorite food? Um, well, steak and pork chops would be the be a close tie for me. What's your favorite candy or chocolate? Oh, um, probably, probably uh, peanut butter, peanut M and M's or peanut butter M and M's. And what's your go to light beer? Ooh, light beer. I I prefer the um, more flavor than the light beers, but if I have to if I have to drink a light beer, probably Miller Lite. <laughs> there we go. That makes sense. The Miller Lite has a little more flavor than the other ones. Yep. So Matthew McConaughey uh, is one of your favorite actors. Have you read the book Green Lights? I've not read it yet. I've I've I, it's one I've got on my list, but I, I have not gone through that one yet. I highly recommend that you listen to it on Audible because he reads the book. And, awesome. Uh, really well done. So to jump into today's topic uh, around mortality post weaning, I'd really like it if we could focus on um, the efforts that the National Pork Board has really put into reducing pig mortality. Could you start there? Yeah. This effort started a little while ago. The Animal Science Committee from the Pork Board um, actually started being quite concerned about what was happening with mortality several years ago. And so they proposed uh, for the Pork Board to fund a project in this area. 
And uh, Chris Hostetler did a really nice job of taking the funds that that the pork board was able to put aside for for attacking this issue, and they, they came up with about a million dollars that then he took and and worked with the Foundation for Food and Agriculture Research to to get them to match the funds for another million dollars, and and so make a two million dollar pot that then they put out for a research call. And so we partnered at Kansas State University with Iowa State University and Purdue University to put in a grant application, and we were fortunate enough to be the ones that received that. Then uh, I'll take out a long story short is we also then took that, that money and used it to leverage to uh, get uh, funds from uh, in-kind donations from production systems for about another one and a half million oh, wow. uh, grant research for that it built into with USDA funded and other funded research for about another 1.6 million. So that initial one million from the pork board turned into a little over five million dollars in funding that has gone towards the issue. Wow, that's very impressive. Yeah, it was a very nice effort, and and I say I both commend the the Animal Science Committee for their thought and uh, putting together initially. And like I said, Chris Hostler kind of got the ball rolling with that initial matching funds, and and really uh, allowed us to use the funds to then get others to match. So, can we start in the nursery? Can you talk about some of the various causes of mortality and some of the bigger drivers of mortality in the nursery? Yes, uh, you know it's it probably isn't too surprising to most people that that one of the biggest drivers of nursery mortality is what happens on the south farm, and and that we've seen that come through in our research and in our lit reviews multiple times. It's one of the one of the first things we did was we looked in the literature and figured, okay, what are drivers of mortality that have been found before in research, and and what can we learn from them? And one of the biggest things that came out of that is. Things that happen on the south farm, such as weaning age, we know that weaning age is a major driver of, of nursery mortality. And the younger they are, the higher the potential is for for um, increased mortality. The, the, where that gets a little bit complicated on weaning age, and just delve into that just a little bit, is that that there are systems that have young weaning age that have very low mortality. Uh, the struggle comes in is when a disease uh, does enter the system. Those younger weaning age pigs don't handle that very well, and and Adam Mosier, Michigan State University, has done some brilliant research to help show why that is, the mechanisms of what happens in the gut of the pig, uh, that, that it doesn't handle stressors as well when you wean them at a young age as compared to an older age. So weaning age, um, of course, colostrum consumption before they, they, they uh, you know, in the first 24 hours of life drives even uh, effects out into the nursery. Uh, things like cross-fostering, um, how, how they're handled in, in the south farm. And then uh, Daniel Linares' work at Iowa State uh, as part of this grant really showed that that when you analyze large databases from big production systems, one of the very biggest drivers, and explains somewhere between 70 and 80% of nursery mortality is the south farm and where they came from, what the health status is, what the production levels of the south farm are. It, probably not too surprising, a south farm that has higher farrowing rate has lower nursery mortality of the pigs coming out of there. And that's ties to the health status that allows them to have higher farrowing rate because they have you know less disease coming through the system. And so a lot of things that affect nursery mortality start at the south farm. And so you you that it's really hard to get low nursery mortality if you've got problems with the health status and issues on the south farm. Do you think that we misvalue the quality or the the value of high quality care in the south farm then from what we probably sh- from what we should just I, because I, I, of what we're learning? 
Yes, I, I think we do a little bit. I mean, I think we understand the importance on pre-weaning mortality, and you know, we understand the, the the value there. But I think sometimes we we think in production systems if pigs exit the system a little earlier, they don't incur as much cost, and so maybe it's not as 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 big an issue to to spend that you know the, to really focus on that early mortality. Uh, but but it, it, I think all of our research is, is really showing us that yes, there's things we can do in the nursery and the finisher uh, to impact mortality. There's no question about that. But if we don't get the pigs off to a good start, uh, we're not going to achieve the low mortalities downstream um, if we don't do, do the things right up front in the south farm. So when we do think downstream, what management strategies have been proven to work for wean to finish mortality? Well, one of the biggest things is is getting the pigs off to the right start. And so, you know, you think about all the things about placement of pigs in terms of sanitation and cleaning and making sure that the environmental temperature is right and that they get placed in the in the right environment. Um, and those are all critically important. And then the the ventilation and the the ability for that pig to find feed and water quickly. And so, when we think about the feed and water. Then we want to think about what are things that we can do to help them find feed and water quickly. Just having it available is is one thing, but sometimes it, we make it so it's not as easily accessible to them or, or that, you know, like cup water is sometimes pigs either don't like to drink out of them or that they, they are, um, we don't do a good job of cleaning them out totally and making sure we don't have still have disinfectant sitting in them, those kind of things. Um, and and then having you know all the things that we've tested around mat feeding and gruel feeding and 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 you know how how you uh, make feed available to pigs all just really ties into making sure that they find feed quickly so that they can get started on feed and and, and we we know that those strategies will reduce nursery mortality uh, but but I think it 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 all really revolves around how quickly we can get them started eating after weaning and that they don't become a fallout pig and a fall behind and. And, and then if we do have fall behind pigs, is having the proper care for them and having a, the hospital pens and the ability to get them started back on feed. So when we get to the feeding component, do you guys see any differences in regards to the genetics and how they start on feed? And does that actually have much of an influence on, on mortality? Yes, there, there's huge differences there. And, and that, that I think is one of the areas that we really started to come to understand a lot better and as part of this project. And uh, we've been hearing it from producers, certainly in the field, that some of these pigs just don't seem to want to eat the, the first week in the nursery. And, and, you know, we used to have the, you know, the, the whole thought process that that you know you ha- had to have um, you know the certain level of growth rate or average daily gain the first week in the nursery, and most people have moved away from that because we can't achieve any of the goals that people had set, uh, because the pigs simply don't eat very much that first week to ten days. And we did a study where we actually uh, bred a, the sows in our sow farm to two different Duroc sire lines. One of them was an earlier maturing sire line, and one of them was a later maturing. And we worked with two of the genetic companies to create these two different populations. So they took got, got for us the, the latest maturing or the best uh, late growth and best feed efficiency line. And then in the other um, line, they, worked, they selected for the earliest um, growth, and so the high early nursery performance. And there, it, it, you could see the differences start very early in that nursery. Right at weaning, we tested the stress response. And those pigs that have the, that uh, selection for early growth, they had a lower stress response. And so they they um, they handled the stress of weaning better than the, the later maturing pig. 
And then the other thing that we did was we measured feed intake daily for the first 14 days. Um, so we wait, should say we, graduate students, <laughs> and Maddie Wensley was in charge of this study. She did an excellent job of, um, but weighed the feeders for every pen every day to see how quickly they started up on feed. And then we uh, measured weight gain after three days and, and after seven days to see where those pigs were at. What we found was, is that the intake of those earlier maturing pigs was almost 70% higher the first week after weaning. And, and it continued that way through 14 days and and it the the later maturing pigs never actually caught up on on growth rate until they were out somewhere around 180 190 pounds body weight they finally caught them then they passed them and they grew faster and all along they had better feed efficiency and that's why we use them as an industry as these are excellent excellent feed efficiency pigs they just don't start on feed very well and so i think it that's a little bit of an eye opener for uh, you know for some of us and in some of our geneticists that we need to not only focus on that late finishing growth and and efficiency that comes, but we have to start putting some attention on that early nursery side, um, to, or else we're going to make it too difficult for people to get these pigs started on feed. All right. So when we think about starting on feed, so we live within the world we have, right? So we can't fix it with genetics right away. Yep. So in the meantime, is there a way to formulate diets, or if you were formulating diets to minimize wean to finish mortality? What are some of the things that you would keep in mind? How do you make an impact? Right sure. Now? Well, there's several things that you want to think about. And, and I'm, like I said, feed intake is the biggest, is most important part. And so before we get to the diets, you want to think about what other things can we do to help that pig start on feed. That's why creep feeding in the Farrowin house is important because it helps get some uh, associated with the diet. People are testing socializing pigs by removing, you know, barriers around crates in the Farrowin house, as an example, to mix pigs before weaning in order to allow them to to have be uh, more familiar with their pen mates. How quickly we load nurseries. We've had, you know, certainly smaller sow farms have moved to batch weaning in order to load nurseries all at one time. That we've we've learned in our research that the third and fourth group into a nursery um, has higher mortality than the first and second group. Even if we fill them within a week's time, that uh, if they they're going into a dirty airspace, and and so those things all impact it. So all those things are important before we talk about the diet. Um, and, and and then also you know uh, mat feeding and gruel feeding can all be helpful no matter what diet we use. But if we think about the diet. We want to think first about we want palatable ingredients that the pigs want to consume. And so things like the, the protein sources, um, the plasma or other ingredients like plasma that the pig likes to consume, um, it uses high levels of those as we think we can afford in those diets. Things like lactose that help increase consumption. Um, we want to use those judiciously um, because they are expensive, but we want to use them in those early diets after weaning. Then we want to think about what things are, are negative on palatability and be careful with those. And so you have to be careful with the the uh, um, the acid-base balance. If you get the um, the base level too high, so too much calcium, um, too much uh, 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 some of the uh, protein sources that increase the, the need for acid in the stomach of the pig, those will reduce feed intake. And so you want to be careful with, with those. Um, we want to think about um, any ingredient that we're adding that that may be a negative on on intake. And so, if if the distillers grains, or if we have mycotoxins, or if we have um, you know any any kind of grain that that may turn the pig off, we want to be careful with. And so, so think about all those areas. And 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 as we talk about nutrient levels, it ties into that too. Is is we formulate to be a little bit below the, re, the amino acid requirements initially after weaning. 
um, because we don't want to challenge the pig with too much protein in its gut as, as just an example. And we could talk all day on this in yeah. terms of some of the added additives that we want to think about there. Um, but that's just kind of some of the, the ballpark you want to really think about what's going to increase consumption and what's going to uh, not not be a detriment or not hurt consumption. So when you 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 had talked some people and you didn't necessarily put a recommendation behind it, but some people are mixing pigs prior to weaning. To me, that just makes me think of another stress response, right? Another stress event is is that recommended or is that still unknown? Well, it's still a little bit unknown. We need more research in the area. Uh, there, there's We know that it benefits the, the pig in terms of socialization and reduces their stress after weaning. The, the thought process on it is, is that if you're going to have to mix the pigs anyway, that if you mix them while they're still nursing the sow, uh, that that they it has less of a negative impact because they, they have uh, they have a good growth rate. They usually, you know, in the farrowing house, they're gaining, you know, 0.4 to 0.5, half a pound a day. Um, uh, and then, and after weaning, they certainly aren't, aren't gaining anywhere near that the first week after weaning. And so, so th- those are the kind of things you want to think about is, can we, can we do some stressors, take them away from the first week after weaning and move them into the farrowing house if at all possible? And veterinarians, they cope with it better. Yes. Veterinarians have certainly done that with vaccination as an example, trying to move the vaccines into the farrowing house and get them away from that time of weaning um, to try not to have another stressor on that pig right when you're trying to get them moved to the nursery. Gotcha. So when you think about additives, what what are some of the additives that we can look at when starting off a group of pigs that you've seen help be helpful? Well, there's some some that that uh, you you don't normally think about as being really an impact for helping mortality, like like phytase as an example. Um, you want to use high levels of phytase because it allows you to use less calcium and less phosphorus in the diet, and some of the things that are negatives on consumption, and and so that allows you to to reduce the the acid binding capacity of the diet as an example, um, mm-hmm. and it also breaks down the phytic acid, and, uh, which can be an anti nutritional effect. The other enzyme that people are adding that helps in, in later in the pig's life is xylanase and, and to, in terms of helping reduce mortality. But then things that we always think about in the nursery, like zinc oxide or copper sulfate, that help increase consumption, that help with, um, with bacterial control, uh, those are quite beneficial uh, immediately after weaning. Um, and, and then th- there's other additives that there's that that are probably not quite as dramatic as what we see with zinc oxide, um, but certainly can be beneficial, like some of the um, the medium chain fatty acids or uh, monoglycerides um, or the acidifiers. And, and, and all of these, as I talk about them, we, you need to be careful and really look in the literature on them because some of them are helpful on intake and some of them are negative on intake. And, and so you have to be careful on which ones you select. And uh, because acidifiers is a good example, some acidifiers, uh, the pigs don't like the taste of very much at all. And oh. others um, actually increase consumption when you put them in the diet. And so that it, 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 you basically need to work with a, with a nutritionist and a feed company that knows what they're doing in that area. How much research is actually going into taste, right? Like the flavor and how that might impact that's a good question. You know, historically, we've done done quite a bit of research on on uh, palatability and and pig's preference. We moved away from it for a while, but I think it's coming back again. And 
And one of the reasons that we moved away from it is that there's so many of the studies that show us that if you don't give the pig a choice, uh, they really don't change intake in terms of whether it's a, a bad tasting, you know, additive or a good tasting one. Huh. But when you give them a preference, they heavily go towards one. But I, th I think when we're talking about this area immediately after weaning, it helps point us in the direction of uh, is there going to be something that that might be beneficial for us that then we then can test and see does it increase consumption or not and. And I think that's really the, the important point for people to remember is just because a pig prefers something doesn't mean it will increase consumption. And, and so sometimes you can put money after something that, 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 yes, if you give the pigs a choice and two pans side by side, they'll, they'll choose the one heavily. Uh, but when you take away that choice, they eat the same amount of either one. And that's, that's what you have to, you have to understand is, is that, that some things translate and some things don't. So I have a few questions for you that, that uh, are unique and fun here. Uh, the first one would be, if you could only send one message to producers or to the industry, what is your soapbox topic right now? Well, I think have we got done talking about all of this, about diets and particular ingredients and all that, the person that has the most control over uh, the success of a group of pigs in the nursery is the person taking care of those pigs. And, and and daily care, making sure pigs have access daily to water, feed, and quality air and environment. Uh, that that's that's by far the most critical and most important. You can take um, poor quality pigs and and turn them into good quality pigs. You can take excellent pigs and make them pretty bad. And and you and you can make a good diet look great, and you can make a good diet look ugly if if you have the wrong person taking care of them. What about? the unknowns around research that keep you up at night what are those wish topics that you just are dying to get into but kind of keep you up at night because we just don't know the answers to them well there's 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 too many of those for me to list all of them but because because there's uh, i mean all, all the work that we've done on on mortality it, it's by far the most frustrating one for me is that how how high mortality still is in the industry and that that the all the things we've learned about it how much that we still have a long ways to go to to fix the issue, um, but an area that that I that I'm in, entirely intrigued about, but I don't know much about at all. Matthew is is around the whole microbiome, and 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 I, I I keep as I read about it. The more I read about it, the more confused I get, and and trying to understand that area. Uh, I think it is an extremely important area for pigs, and and helping us understand why we. Why sometimes you know, we we have problems when we have pristine environments and and we may have too clean a pig in some cases uh, as an example um, that the microbiome is wrong um, and then other ex examples where the micro we've screwed them up because we put them in a, a dirty environment and 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 that we've we've not allowed them to set up the right um, uh, bugs in their gut that uh, to to get off to a good start I mean, and I said I am not an expert in that area by any means but I, I have a lot of respect for the people that are researching that area. What are some of the people researching that area in our industry? Well, there's a, there's an excellent group. There's several groups around the country. There's a group uh, at University of Minnesota that's doing a really nice job of trying to delve into that area and and understand it. A group at University of Arkansas. Um, they you know when that they, the initial work was done at Arkansas a few years back, where they um, 
uh, they took um, uh, dirt and put it in the farrowing crate, and they were showing that they were increasing the growth of the pigs in the nursery by t- by putting soil on the in the in a pan in the farrowing house. And everybody just kind of shook their head and said, "Oh, that can't be real." And and the and and it's then they got into the you know the microbiome side and trying to dig down what what was it in this particular dirt that they were providing these pigs. And I think they're 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 still making you know still working on that area, but I think they're making a lot of headway on it. And 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 I I think there's 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 so many of these areas. I think that we, you know, it's it's not as simple as giving them one probiotic or one, uh, you know, bacteria and fixing the issue. Um, but I, I think if we, as we learn more about that, we're going to learn more about what kinds of environmental stimuli or, um, you know, bacteria that we should expose those pigs to at different timings in their life to help them through transitions in difficult areas. So for individuals listening, producers listening that might want to get more involved or learn more about the research that you have done, is there a place that they can go to to find more information? Yes, um, we have a website where all the all of our work has been uh, put at piglivability.org. And and uh, uh, you know, you've you've done an excellent job with your podcast. We also have a Pig X podcast that that it, it has um, that we put out. Um, I don't know, there's some thirty some episodes up there yeah. now, all on pig livability. And uh, I think there's you know the, the, all of those. Um, you can find all the information um, and and links to our research articles and papers. There's been an awful lot of publications that have come out of this grant. I think we've trained over 70 students now as part of this grant that are out in industry or finishing up their their uh, their graduate school or undergraduate education right now. And so there's a lot of lot of effort out in the industry. But I think talking to any of us that have been involved in the grant at Iowa State or or Purdue or here at K State also, we're welcome any input and thoughts people would have. Well, we really appreciate you hopping on as a guest uh, to the Popular Pig Podcast and wish you the best as you continue your research and making an impact on the industry. Thank you. Well, thank you for your time. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Popular Pig. We aspire to learn and grow together through the experience and wisdom shared by our esteemed guests. If you enjoyed this episode... Please share it with your friends and colleagues within the swine industry. For more information, please go to popularpig.com to receive updates when new episodes are available. Popular Pig is brought to you by SwineTech, the award-winning creators of SmartGuard and PigFlow. To learn how PigFlow can help you streamline your workforce and reduce piglet and sow deaths, visit swinetechnologies.com. 